But we appreciate it every time we have opportunity to have our kids here and to be able to hear them worship and proclaim uh, just about the Lord. And so I'm sure you were blessed and encouraged by that. Uh, And as good as it is to have the kids in here, it's time for them to get going. It's time for them to get going. Yes, Uh, we'll have you back next week. Isn't that a great phrase? It's time to get going. It's time to get going. Have you ever been over someone's house and you've been there for a little while and things seem like they're kind of dragging on and you look at, if you're there with your spouse or you're there with someone else and you kind of look across them and been like, it's time to get going. Have you ever done that? Or maybe what's even more difficult is when it's time to get going for a company that's over the house. And, and you, you invited someone over and you're glad that they were there and you've had a great time fellowship and a great time being together, but it's time for them to get going. And it's kind of awkward. And, and maybe you let them know with subtle hints, you, you yawn a little bit of like, oh man, it's getting really late. Or you might use a phrase like, I got an early morning tomorrow. And they're like, yeah, so do I, you'll never believe it. And they go into another story. And, and we know what it's like when it's time, right? We know what it's like when it's time to get going, whether ourselves or someone else. And church, here's, here's what I want to tell you as we begin a three-week series called Go. I want you to hear this as a church. As a believer in Jesus Christ who has been saved, who's been redeemed, who's been forgiven by God, who has trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior, listen to me. It's time to get going in our relationship with Christ. It's time. It's time to get going. Specifically, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 28 this morning, verses 18 to 20, as we look at the Great Commission, the command given on Christ for the believer in Jesus Christ to go. Say that with me. Go. What does God want us to do? He wants us to go, right? He wants us to get going. He wants to get going. He wants us to get going. Now listen, I'm going to read this passage, and it's not a new passage for many of you that are here. You've heard this before. You maybe have this on your wall somewhere at your house. You maybe have this highlighted in your Bible. You've heard this if you've been a part of any missions conference. If you've ever attended any special commissioning service where missionaries are being sent out across the globe, you've heard this text before. It's, it's familiar to many of you. If you've never heard this, if you did not grow up in church or you're not a part of a church family, you're visiting today, this passage is what is known as the Great Commission. It's where Jesus is going to send out his disciples, his followers, and say, go, go with what you know about me and tell everyone. And let's read it together. You can follow along at your seats as I read this aloud. I want to jump back to verse 16. Verse 18 is going to be on the screen to verse 20, but I'm going to start in verse 16. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. This is following the resurrection of the Lord. It's prior to his ascension to going back up to the Father into heaven. And as they're gathered together on the mountain, verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, 
And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus tells his disciples that are gathered there together prior to his ascension, he tells them to go, therefore, and make disciples. What does he tell them to go or to? Go. Say it with me. Go. And, and here's the reality. If you are here today and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you know Jesus as your Savior, you have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to go and tell the world about Jesus. It's time to get going. Now, if you're here today and you would say a hearty amen to that, would you say a hearty amen to that? It's time to get going, church. Amen. Yeah, it is. It's time to get going. We can say an amen to that. But listen, here's the reality. If we were to go across this entire auditorium and I were to go pew by pew with the microphone in hand and I said, do you believe it's time to get going? And you would say, amen, brother. I said, that's fantastic. So who was the last person that you went and told about Jesus. If I were to say, hey, it's time to get going and say amen, brother, and say, that's great. When was the last time that you told someone about Jesus? Because here's the reality, we would all agree as a follower of Jesus that it's time to get going, that there's a command to go and tell but the reality is within even the church of Jesus Christ, it seems so few are actually going. And I'm not referencing going as it relates to overseas missions, which maybe that's something God is impressing on your heart and that we are praying about as a church. I'm not referencing that you're just going as it relates to committing your life to full-time vocational ministry as a pastor or teacher or missionary. I'm referencing the reality that Jesus has called all that know and call him Savior to go and tell others about him. And so few, it seems, are actually moving and doing that. Here's what is the reality. If you're here today, you're really in one of three positions when it comes to this command to go. You're in one of three positions. You're either, amen, going and telling people about Jesus. But I would say that it seems as though the majority of the church is not actually walking, going, and telling. A lot of us are very complacent and lazy and content as we sit back and watch others go. And here's the visual I want you to get. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, and when it comes to the Great Commission, when it comes to going, you're this. You're content to sit and watch. Here's my desire for you. My desire for you is that you'd go from this to this and you would go. But you know what? A lot of people aren't even doing this. Some of us, we're not even doing this. We're doing this. <laughs> and if I had a blanket on here, I mean, I would cover up with a blanket, pillow, get everything prepared, and we're, and we're just content. We're just waiting on Jesus to come back, and we're content. And my desire is not that you would go from that to this. My desire is you would go from that to this. God's desire for us as followers of Christ 
is to go. Would you say that with me? Go. God wants us to go. And over these next three weeks, we want to communicate the reality of the commission, the reality of the command to go and tell others about Jesus. It is time to get going. Would you say that with me? It is time to get going. Here's my hope is that every time you look at a couch, you would think, man, I am sitting or sleeping instead of going, if that's you. That there would be a challenge to go. Now, I want to look at the passage this morning and really give us uh, three truths or three realities that I think are so important for us to understand when it comes to this command to go. Number one, the one with all authority has called us to go. The one with all authority has called us to go. And this is what's so interesting to me. Verse 18, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Jesus makes a statement to his disciples that really should be life transforming for them as they're about to go. Jesus is going to task them. He's going to task the disciples. He's going to task those that are followers of his. He's going to task us as the church to go and tell. And right before giving them this incredible task, this incredible command, he reminds them of something that is so valuable and so important. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus proclaims once again. The fact that he is God, he is the son of God, he is the savior, he is the one who rules and reigns. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given to me. Christ has all of the right, all of the privilege, all of the power, all of the authority. And he says, it's mine. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, in light of that truth. He's sending them. He's calling them to go. Folks, listen, this is so valuable and important for us to understand that the one that has commissioned us to go is the one who has all authority and all power. Jesus would demonstrate that, wouldn't he, on his, in his earthly ministry? They would observe him and follow him, and they would make comments about Jesus when Jesus was asleep in the boat and there was wind and waves crashing and they woke him up and said, Lord, save us, we're perishing. Jesus gets up from a sound sleep. He walks to the end of the boat and he says, peace, be still. And the wind and the waves die down. And those in the boat looked at Jesus with astonishment, with amazement. And they said, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? They were amazed. They observed as Jesus would take a young boy's lunch and multiply the loaves and fish to feed thousands upon thousands of individuals right before their very eyes. They would observe as his friend Lazarus had been dead in the tomb and Jesus would call Lazarus out of that, Lazarus out of that tomb and he would rise up and come out and they would see the victory and power that Christ has over sickness, over death, over disease, over deformity, over the demons, over death itself. And here he is, resurrected, alive, right in front of them. And he tells them, listen, all authority is mine. All of it. By the way, not only all authority in heaven, but on this wicked, evil, sinful globe that we walk upon, where the prince of the power of the air is working in the sons and daughters of disobedience, the one that is the, the serpent, the devil, the deceiver, the one that seems like he's ruling and reigning on this earth. No, I have authority even over him. 
Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to me. It is mine. And I, therefore, in that authority, am commanding you to go. Recognize that the one with all authority is the one who is sending you and calling you and calling me to go and tell. There's great authority that Jesus has like no other. And the command that he has is to go. That should mean something to us. That should mean something to us. Have you ever been traveling somewhere or having to go somewhere and you were a little uncertain as to whether or not you had the correct documentation to be able to go where you were going? You know what that's like. If you ever traveled overseas, if you have a passport, probably before traveling, if like me, you check the date on the passport a half a dozen times just to make sure it didn't change. Uh, if you're traveling to another country or uh, during COVID when there was all kinds of restrictions trying to figure out what was necessary even to go from state to state, let alone country to country, and you're checking and making sure all of your T's are crossed, your I's are dotted, because you want to make sure that you have the proper, proper documentation, the proper everything to be able to have the authority to enter or to go or to be where you have to be. Now, if you're a member of Sam's Club. How many of you are members of Sam's Club, by the way? Um, just a real quick poll. How many of you would say Costco is better than Sam's Club? Let me see your hands. How many of you would say Sam's Club is better than Costco? Let me see. Okay. It was indecisive. It was, you can't really tell. But if you're a Sam's Club member, when you're getting ready to go into Sam's Club as you're walking in, it just feels so good, doesn't it? As, as you're walking into Sam's Club and you take your club and you're walking in and you just kind of give the old pass as you're walking in because you want to let people know, I got the proper credentials. It's right here, okay? And, and, and especially when you're staying there and someone wants to get in and they don't have a Sam's Club card or I don't know if Costco uses Costco cards or whatever they use. But if you pull out and, and you're walking in and someone doesn't have one and they're like, no, this is for members only and you have to go get a membership and you hear them talking, you're just like, yeah, I know, I got mine over here. And you walk by. Because you have what's required to be able to enter, right? You have the proper credentials. Folks, listen to me. Do you realize, do I realize there is nowhere on this planet Earth that we do not have the authority to go and tell about Christ because he has all authority and power and he's the one that has sent us. The disciples knew that. In Acts chapter 5, when they were being persecuted for their faith and they were standing before the Sanhedrin, standing before the ruling council, and were strictly commanded not to preach and teach about Jesus, you know what their answer was? We ought to obey God rather than men. And they would go and tell. And they would go and tell. And they would go and tell. All authority belongs to Christ. Jesus demonstrated this. In heaven and on earth has been given to me he was standing, listen, the very reality that the man that was standing in front of them, that they witnessed being severely beaten beyond recognition, crucified, watched his body be placed in a tomb after being wrapped in cloths, the very fact that that same man was standing directly in front of them for them to listen to, observe, and see, man, can you even imagine the authority, the power of our Lord Jesus Christ? Understand the one with all authority has called us to go. Number two, it's time, well, it's time to get going because of that. But number two, the one with all authority has equipped us to go. I want to start off with that establishing that reality that you're called to go because as a follower of Jesus Christ, you're called to go because you know him. You know the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news concerning Jesus Christ. 
The gospel that Jesus died on the cross for our sins was buried and rose again. That there's forgiveness in life through Jesus. You've been called to go, but also understand the one with all authority has equipped us to go. He's equipped us to go. I think of it like this. If you're a young kid and you're getting ready for school in the morning, I think about it when I was a kid and getting ready for school in the morning and before we would leave the house to go to school, I would walk to school uphill both ways in the snow, six feet. But before I would leave the house to go to school, whether I was walking to school or riding my bike to school, before I would leave the house, my mom would say something like, do you have your homework? Yes. Do you have your lunch? Yes. Like now people are like, do you have your homework? Yeah. Do you have your lunch? Yeah. Do you have your cell phone? Do you have your iPad? Do you have your, all these other things? But there's a check of like, hey, as you're going here, take this, take this, take this, take this. Guys, listen. When Christ calls us to go and he commissions us to go because he has the authority to do it, he does not send us empty-handed. He has given us and equipped us with everything that we need as we go. Look at what he says in the passage. Jesus came and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He has equipped us to go. He has the authority, so he's sending us. And what is he sending us to go and tell? To make disciples of all nations, telling them what? To observe all that I have commanded you. Jesus wants his disciples to go and tell the world about him. He wants them to go and tell the world about Jesus. He wants them to go and spread the good news to all people because all need to hear it. There's a need, a tremendous need to hear about Christ and Jesus has equipped them to do just that. Do you realize today, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have been fully equipped to go? You've been fully equipped to go. You know the message of the gospel if you're a follower of Jesus today. Because you cannot be a follower of Jesus if you do not know the message of the gospel. If you've not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior, if you don't understand and recognize that Christ died for your sins, was buried and rose again, if you've not placed your complete faith in Jesus, then you're not a follower of Christ. But if you have and you know him, you know how you know him. You know what he's done. You know what he's accomplished. And that's what you have now been equipped with to go and tell others about. Not only that, Jesus has given us his spirit, the spirit of truth that would be with us. In John chapter 16, Jesus said this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away, for I do not go away. The helper will not come to you. Jesus is telling his disciples about the reality that he's going to be leaving and going to the Father. And he says, it's to your advantage that I go away from you. Why? Because the spirit of truth, the comforter, the helper, he will come. And in John chapter 16, he says that he will come and he will, he will convict the world concerning sin are you thankful this morning that the spirit of God convicts of sin you should be I should be because he does a work that no one else can do it says that he will teach them and guide them in the truth he says that the spirit of truth will come and he'll guide you into all the truth he won't speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Jesus has equipped us with the gospel, the good news. He's equipped us with the spirit of God. 
If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God lives inside of you. You are baptized by the Spirit of God into the body of Christ at the moment of salvation. He is in you. So consider this for a moment with me. Consider with me for a moment that the one that has all authority has called us to go, and the one with all authority and power has fully equipped us to go. So let's, let's step back for a minute. So if, if we're still sitting down or laying down or sleeping on the job, as it will, if we're still sitting there and we're waiting, can I ask, what are we waiting for? If when it comes to this area of evangelism, when it comes to this area of gospel proclamation, when it comes to this area of letting people know about Jesus, the one with all authority has given us the green light to go. He's told us to go, he's commanded us, and he's given us everything we need to go. So what are we waiting for? I don't know. I don't know. What are we waiting for? Because day in and day out, probably every single one of us have opportunity to proclaim this message, the message of the gospel. And yet we miss it. We don't take it. We're not looking for it. We're not going. It's time to get going when it comes to the obedience to the command of Christ. It's time to get going. Number three, the one with all authority goes with us as we go. Think about that for a moment. The one with all authority has called us to go. The one with all authority has equipped us to go. And the one with all authority goes with us as we go. You want to talk about confidence. Look again what he says, verse 20. Teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you always. Always. To the end of the age. Would you process that with me for a moment? These are encouraging words. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. The one with all authority has called us to go. Teach them to observe all things concerning me, what you've heard and seen and received from me. This is what I want you to go and I want you to tell. This is what I want you to proclaim. The same message of the gospel that has transformed your life. It's the same message that you are equipped with to go. And the spirit of God, the comfort of the spirit of truth, he will indwell you, he will be with you, he will lead you, he will guide you. Go, therefore. And oh, by the way, I am going with you. I am with you always, Jesus said. Even unto, unto the end of the age. The one with all authority goes with us as we go. He's with us. We don't do this alone. We don't do this alone. Isn't there something comforting about that fact? Isn't there something empowering about that fact? We all know what that's like, don't we? We all know what it's like when we have a fear, a phobia of something, that if we're on our own or by ourselves trying to tackle that fear or phobia, man, we're not ready. (laughs) 
we won't even go near it. But there's a sense of confidence that comes with being able to be alongside of someone who knows what they're doing or who knows everything about what it is you're dealing with. And having them beside you breeds confidence. It breeds encouragement. Uh, We recently had some bats at our house. Like not baseball bats, but like like flying bats. Okay? It's a sound. I'm sure they make that sound. And so we had some bats... We had some bats at our house, and I'm not a bat guy, like the flying bat guy. I'm not a bat guy, okay? Um, nor are my children or my wife, okay? No one in the Rosa household is a friend of bats. And uh, we went outside the one night. Uh, my parents were over, and it was just after dark, and it was sprinkling a little bit. And as my parents were leaving, I opened the door, and I was talking to my dad. I said, yeah, dad, I, said, I think I might have a, a bat or two. Um, you know, in the garage area because I, I saw a bat or two flying overhead the other day. And he's like, really? And as I said that, it starts pouring down rain. And then it looked like a scene out of Batman, okay? It started pouring down rain. And there was like bats like circling, flying overhead like the garage. And my dad's like, yeah, I think you do have a bat <laughs> around here. And these bats started like flying into the, the peak of our, our garage uh, roof area. And so I went in the house because it was pouring rain. My dad sat in his car and he was watching and he counted like 20-some bats fly into this thing. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. I didn't, I didn't want to go outside, like at, even during daylight. And I'm assured that during daylight they're not going to do anything. But I'm like, you never know, these bats. And so long story short, we had, we had quite a bit of bats in there, probably over 50 bats that we had in there. It's all been taken care of, okay? We're, we're good. But... We had a bat guy come out to take care of this. And he comes and he shows up and he gets everything ready to get rid of these bats. And he, he had to be like seven feet tall. He was a very tall man. And, uh, and <laughs> legitimately tall, okay? <laughs> I know what everybody's thinking. They're like, yeah, he was real tall, I'm sure. <laughs> he was. <laughs> there was one... <laughs> The first guy that came out to do an estimate was tall. He was probably like 6'5", okay? And I'm like, man, this guy's really tall, right? This goes through my head. Second guy that comes out, who's the owner, comes out, and he's taller than the first guy. And so I asked him, I'm like, man, do you like only hire tall people to work with bats? I asked him. And he started laughing. He was like, no, little guy, I, I hire all kinds of people. <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding. But he came, and as he was out there, I all of a sudden had confidence in dealing with bats because the bat guy was out there. And so he's standing there talking, and whereas before, I would be like walking by the air, and I'd be like, I hope those suckers don't come out. He's there now, and I'm standing, and I'm like, yeah, what do you think? What should we do? Like, I had, like, confidence because Batman was next to me. But also, in my thinking, I'm thinking, if these bats swoop down, he's out first because he has three feet on me. But there was a confidence there because Batman knew what he was doing. If you need a suggestion for someone for bats, come talk to me because they're fantastic people. Very tall, but fantastic. (laughs) But as I'm standing there watching and talking with them, my youngest daughter, Leah, comes out. She's terrified of these bats. She was so scared. But she came over to me and she grabbed my hand and wanted to stand directly next to me, pressed against me. Because in her warped thinking, she thought I was able to protect her from these bats. In her trusting love of her dad, 
she had confidence to be there where she normally would feel completely terrified to be without me. She didn't know that I equally was there because I had Batman next to me. Here's my point. I don't know why you are not going and telling if you're not. But the one with all authority has called you to go. He's equipped you to go. He is with you as you go. So with that in mind, it's time to get going. It's time to get going. Jesus gives this very clear command. If you are his and you belong to him, you have no reason to not be going. You have no reason to not be telling. Because it's not in your strength or mine, but in his. It's not in your authority or mine, but in his. It's not with your abilities or know-how, but in the ones he's given to you. And you don't do this alone, for he goes with you. It's time to get going. So these are encouraging things. As we begin this short little three-week series, these are encouraging things to be reminded of. That the one with all authority has sent us, the one with all authority has equipped us, and the one with all authority goes with us. It's time to get going. So I thought it would be appropriate as we bring things to a conclusion this morning with the time we have left to put up two different categories for us to understand as we think about going. First, I want to talk about the false excuses we make for not going. And then I want to talk about the real reasons we're not going. Now, i got to give a little bit of disclaimer here. This is not meant to offend you. It's not meant to offend you or to purposely make you upset. I hope this stirs you as I hope it stirs me in following and obeying the command to go and tell. But the reality is there are many excuses that people of God make for not going and telling others about Christ. There are many excuses. And I've labeled them as false excuses Because in light of what we've just talked about, truly there are no excuses that are really merited for not telling others about Christ. But let's look at some of these. False excuse number one, we don't know enough. We don't know enough. Maybe you've said that. Maybe you've thought that. We don't know enough. As I've already shared with you, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and he has transformed your lives... If he has transformed your life, if you have called upon the name of the Lord for salvation, you know the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know it. You know what Christ has done in transforming your life. And what you know, you can share. What you know, you can tell. And it is okay sometimes to not have all knowledge. But know you can share what Christ has done in your life. That's a false excuse we make. We don't know enough. Here's the real reason we're not going. It's because we don't care enough. We don't care enough. It's not that we don't know enough, because if we belong to Jesus, we know him. If we know Jesus Christ as our Savior, we know the gospel. If you're here today and you're a follower of Christ, you know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. He was buried and he rose again the third day. You know that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You know enough to tell others about Jesus. But the reality is too often we just don't care enough. Too often we just don't care enough. Because isn't this true? 
as we walk through life, everywhere we go and interact with people, we would recognize it to be true that those that are lost, that do not know Jesus Christ as Savior, are under the wrath of God. There is an eternity of separation from God in the lake of fire for those that do not know Christ as Savior. There's eternal condemnation and damnation for those that don't know Jesus. And as we walk through this life, and we walk and rub shoulders with people on a daily basis that do not know Christ as Savior, we just don't care enough. We don't care enough. Because it is just way more comfortable, way more comfortable to sit and watch than it is to actually stand up and be engaged. It's not that we don't know enough. We sit as those that know Christ. We sit as those that have been redeemed by Jesus. Our eternity is secure. Christ is our savior. We've been forgiven of all of our sins and we sit. No, it's not that we don't know enough. It's that we don't care enough. We just don't care enough. We don't care enough about the lost. We don't care enough about those that have no knowledge of Christ. We just don't care enough. False reason we give is we don't feel called. It's a false excuse. We don't feel called. Here's the real reason we're not going. It's not that we're not called, it's that we're lazy. We're lazy. It's not that we're not called, it's that we're lazy. We'll let someone else do it. We'll let someone else tackle that. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore. Not called. If you've been called out of darkness and into light, if you've been made alive when you were once dead, if you have been made a child of God, if you have been made a friend of God, if you have been set free from the bondage of sin and death, it's not that we're not called. It's that we're lazy and we don't want to go. False excuse number three, we don't know anyone who is lost. That's a false excuse. The real reason we're not going is we're selfish. I would dare say anyone in this room that would say, I do not know a single person who is lost is either lying or you have locked yourself in your home and not rubbed shoulders with anyone in this world. We all know someone who's lost. We all know someone who is without Christ. Person who checks you out at the grocery store, the person who pours you a cup of coffee at your local coffee shop, a coworker, a classmate, a parent, a sibling, a family member. We all know someone who is lost. It's not that we don't know anyone who is lost, it's that we can tend to be selfish, can't we? We can care more about what others think of us than their spiritual condition before God. We can care more about our own personal comforts than we can what comes oftentimes in persecution for speaking up about Christ. False excuse number four, we don't speak well. The real reason, we're embarrassed. We're embarrassed. You don't have to be an excellent orator to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, that's one of the only things that we ever would chalk up to, I don't speak well. No one's asking you to get up in front of the church and preach. 
But have you ever heard someone say, yeah, I would tell you about my kids, but I'm not a good speaker. Have you ever heard a guy say, I would love to talk about that football game, but I am not an orator. Have you ever had anybody who has said, you know what, you won't believe it. I got this incredible deal and I would tell you all about it, but I am bad at speaking. Do you realize the only time we make that excuse, I don't speak well enough, is when it comes to speaking about our relationship with Jesus Christ? It's not that we don't speak well enough, it's that, let's be honest, sometimes we're embarrassed. We're embarrassed to speak about the name of Jesus and what he's done in our lives. There are the false excuses and there are the real reasons that we're not going. And maybe this morning we need a refresher in Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20 about what we have been called to do. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The one with all authority has commissioned and commanded us to go He's equipped us to go. He goes with us as we go. Church, say this with me. Put it up on the screen, please. Next slide. It's time to get going. What's holding you up today? What's holding you up? Please let us not be content to sit and watch. But let's get going.